Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Today we will be discussing Monday Night Raw, the April 16th, 2018 edition, of course. And let's begin with the opening of the show where Kurt Angle announces the shakeup. And then he was interrupted by one of those Singh brothers, you know, that rolls with Jinder Mahal. And Singh brother pretty much uh, introduced Jinder Mahal as the first draft pick. And see, this is what I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him uh, draft picks because, you know, basically this whole shakeup thing, this is basically just another variation of the draft because, you know, that's what they used to call it on the, um, you know, when they originally introduced the draft concept and then they would mix them up, you know, with, by doing another draft and switching people from one show to the next and what have you. But yeah, that's pretty much the basic same general idea. But um, anyway, moving along here. Um, okay, Jinder Mahal was the first announced draft pick of the shakeup, you know, and uh, we all know about Jinder Mahal. Like, a lot of people disagree with his title run, but I necessarily don't. Like, I believe his title run, um, well, I got to say, when he when they first put the belt on Jinder Mahal, I got to say, it was like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a surprise. I didn't expect it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of people were just very upset about it. But, you know, he grew on me over time. You know, once he proved himself to be a legitimate, strong heel, you know, that's when I was convinced that, okay, maybe this guy does deserve the belt because he's proven himself, you know, was a good enough heel. He was like one of the best heels that SmackDown had to offer, to be honest, you know, and he was big and threatening and just chiseled up. And also, here's another issue when it comes to Jinder Mahal. Like a lot of people talk about, you know, steroid use when it comes to uh, Jinder Mahal. But um, honestly, when you look back uh, at the last time that he was in WWE prior to his uh, current contract, like when he was a three three MB, you know, like the last three MB, um, you know, segment that, that they had. Like if you look at gender back then, you know, he was already big anyway. You know, he was he was already pretty much the same size, but he just didn't have that extra uh, vascularity and whatnot. And you know, that can be obtained just from working out. You know, because you know I've worked out plenty of times, and you know I used to work out a lot. And if pretty much it's just simple. If you work out a lot. You know, you're just going to get more chiseled and more defined. You know, you're going to get more muscle definition and, a, you know, more muscle tone, improved muscle tone. You know, I mean, that's just physics. That's, you know, uh, it's kinesiology. You know what I'm saying? It's physical activity. It's exercise. It's physical fitness, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, but I think he got it fair and square, to be honest. Like when you compare him to his 3MB physique you know his size and stature back then it wasn't really too much different you know it wasn't a huge difference you know he just got more muscular because he worked for it he worked out you know i mean not saying that that he didn't use any like supplements or any other kind of enhancements out there because there are plenty of those to choose from you know and a lot of those are uh you know pretty much not steroids you know what i'm saying you can't really classify them as steroids if they're legal and they're on the market you know for sale you know and i'm not talking about the black market or you know the dark web or any of that kind of stuff you know things that you can buy at your local gnc or local pharmacies you know what i'm saying like supplements but anyway not to get too off of subject here all right so jinder mahal came out as the first draft pick and then 
Jinder Mahal comes out talking all cocky about, you know, how he's better than everybody on the SmackDown roster, better than everybody on the Raw roster. And then Kurt Angle pretty much tells him to prove it. And, uh, you know, uh, let me see. From that point on, you had uh, Jeff Hardy pretty much answers the challenge for that. So, you know, it was a pretty quick match, to be honest. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be that quick, you know, because Jinder is a former WWE champion. Let's not forget that, you know, but... To have, like, Jeff Hardy come in, you know, who's currently a mid-carder, you know, because he's just coming back from, like, injury and then this whole DUI thing and all this other controversy. But, you know, Jeff is just coming back. It's pretty much a mid-carder. And, you know, at this point, it's like um, he goes over gender, like, kind of easy. You know, but, I mean, he did have to work for it. I'm not saying he did not work for it because he did. You know, he definitely broke a sweat. He put in his work. He did what he had to do. But it seemed kind of easy to me. Maybe that's just me. I mean, what what do you guys think? You tell me what you think about that. You know, I think the finish was rather quick, you know, to, you know, for Jeff Hardy to go over a former WWE champion, you know, that quick. You know, it's just kind of surprising to me. But I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know. I mean, but then again, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Actually, there is one bad thing that I can think about. It's the fact that they just put the belt on gender at WrestleMania. And then the Monday Night Raw that's like, you know, uh, approximately a week away from the post-WrestleMania Raw. You know, gender drops the belt in like pretty much a week. You know, he dropped the belt in like eight days you know, and it's like, what, you know, because he had just won that belt, you know what I'm saying, and it's, and it's kind of like, I don't know, WWE just gets into this trend to where they, I guess they feel like they have to play hot potato with the belt, you know, they have to toss it around, you know, or toss it around the roster every week or every couple weeks, or I don't know why they do this, like, I don't get it, I mean, I wish somebody could explain it, I mean, because I really don't see a point in it, you know, like, and also, like, you know, it also reminds me of, like, um, how they kind of took the belt off of Bobby Roode prematurely because like he only had that U.S. title for what maybe uh, a month maybe a little more than a month I think it was just under two months that Bobby Roode had the U.S. title before they took it right off of him and gave it to Randy Orton and then when you think about how quick Randy Orton lost it Randy Orton you know he didn't even have it that long either before they took it off of him and put it on gender so it's like pretty much there's been like what three three u.s champions this year uh if if i'm not mistaken you know i mean because they and it's only april you know and and they've had they've already had three u.s champions and it goes to show they're playing hot potato with the belt already and it's like they really just need to settle down and you know let one person hold it for at least a good three to six months you know they need a a long-term champion you know instead of these little part-time one week two week three week four-week champions you know we, we need more than that you know but anyway i mean because it kind of just it just takes away from the value of the belt in my opinion when they just play hot potato with the belt they really just need to put it on somebody and leave it on them for a little while you know but anyway let's move along here all right so yeah jeff already goes over wins the u.s title you know just a little a little more than a week after wrestlemania so okay and then we had the backstage segment where uh, renee young interviewed gender you know and gender announced that he would invoke his rematch clause at the greatest royal rumble in saudi arabia which is coming up soon and then we went on to uh match number two which was bailey versus sasha banks for the hundredth time um it was it was it wasn't an awful match um it started off 
kind of weird because Bailey like botched. She slipped uh, off the second rope like early on in the match, and pretty much um, one of the main issues besides that botch that I had with the match was the fact that Sasha Banks like she was just dominating the match with like knee strikes, you know, and I was like, what? You know, and then the crowd, you know, the crowd also made me say the same because, you know, like the crowd didn't start popping, you know, until they started like slapping each other and then started brawling and then the crowd just went berserk, you know, and it's like, really, this is what you think is the best part of the match? Like the brawl part? Okay, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's got to be done. I mean, you got to have brawling in matches, you know, it's, but if that's what the people are, you know, giving the biggest pop for, it's like, what are you guys here for like like why are you just cheering for this but you're not cheering for like body slams and suplexes and you know the moves that really hurt you know that's what you should be giving respect to the wrestlers for 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 what they're willing to do to entertain you and me you know i mean that's the way i see it maybe it's maybe it's just me i don't know but anyway um sasha she went for the bank statement uh you know trying to wrap up the match and the finish was interrupted by the riot squad um sasha and bailey you know they pretty much got demolished after that and um that was pretty much the riot squad's introduction to raw so they were the second draft draft picks of the night and then we had match number three uh it was heath slater and rhino versus the authors of pain from nxt you know one of the newest call-ups um, I think they could be a dangerous team. Um, in comparison, I would say that they could be like Bludgeon Brothers status for Raw. You know, they could be like the Bludgeon Brothers, pretty much dominate, you know, all of the popular tag teams that's available on the roster. Um, not the whole roster, but I mean like a particular roster, you know, like a Raw or SmackDown roster. You know, they could dominate tag teams. I mean, they have that presence to them, you know. But um, anyway... Then there was an in-ring segment, which consisted of Miz TV, where Miz introduced uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as the newest members of Raw. And then Kurt Angle interrupts this whole thing, you know. um, And then when Kurt comes out, um, let me see, Owens and Zayn, let me see, uh... You know, Kurt pretty much reminded Owens and Zayn that, you know, neither one of them won the qualifying match for them to get the job on Raw last, you know, the week prior, last week's Raw. Um, Then Zayn pulls out a printed email from Stephanie McMahon that reinstates Owens and Zayn. And then Kurt tells Owens and Zayn and the Miz to say goodbye to the Miz after he supposedly got a call from Daniel Bryan indicating that you know, Miz will be drafted to SmackDown. So, then the Miz Dirage will stay on Raw. Um, Kurt booked the 10-man tag team, which consisted of Balor, Rollins. Um, you know, when he when he announced Rollins' name, um, Rollins got a bigger crowd reaction than Balor. I got to point that out because it was just blatantly obvious. You know, and then the third team member was Lashley. Fourth member was Strowman. And then the then they had a mystery partner for that team, and that ended up being Bobby Roode. And versus, all right, this five-man team versus Owens, Zayn, and the Miztourage, which consists, of course, the Miz, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. So that's what you have there. It was a 
10-man match. And you know how WWE has been really big on these big-time, big-team matches, you know, these matches where they just cram a lot of wrestlers in the one match. They've been really high on that as of late. And it, it even it dated back to last year sometime as well. So they've been doing this for a little while now. So it's nothing really brand new that we're seeing here. But at the same time, um, I think matches like that, I mean, it has a those matches have a lot of star power, but at the same time, those matches also take away from what a certain wrestler can showcase on what they can do in the ring because you have so many wrestlers that you know just got to have their moment. You know, they got to have their time in there to do what they have to do. So it's like they have to tag out rather quickly, you know, to keep the match flowing and to make sure everybody gets a chance to do something in the match. So it takes away from like you know solo wrestlers you know when they have to be in these you know large tag team matches and these huge fatal four ways and fatal five ways and fatal six ways and fatal hundred ways which i'm sure they'll do one day but anyway let's move along here all right so then we had a promo that crashed into a fourth match which was uh it was the bray wyatt and matt hardy segment you know, and pretty much the whole thing just amounted to we're here. And then that crashed into a match uh, which consisted of Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus Dash and Dawson. Yes, I still call them Dash and Dawson because that was their name in NXT. And that's what I'm going to call them now. Uh, you can call them the Revival all you want. I mean, that's who they are. But at the same time, they're still Dash and Dawson. I still call them Dash and Dawson. So get over it if you have a problem with it. Anyway, we have Bray Wyatt and Hardy versus Dash and Dawson. And of course, Bray Wyatt and uh Bray Wyatt and uh, Matt Hardy won that match. Um and Matt Hardy won the match via a double team twist of fate. It's like uh Bray Wyatt was holding um Dash's legs up and Matt Hardy executed the twist of fate on him and then Matt proceeded to score the three count. So um yeah, it was a pretty solid finish. And I believe that match pretty much takes them to uh, a title shot uh, versus Sheamus and Cesaro at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia for the Raw Tag Team titles. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it amounted to. Um, If I'm wrong, just correct me. You know, no big deal. Anyway, let's move along. So uh, then we had, you know, another backstage segment, which consisted of uh, Sheamus and Cesaro and... That's the point where they ran into the Fashion Police, which consists of Tyler Breeze and Fandango. You know, and that's another another tag team that I will just call Breeze and Fandango because I don't like the Breezango thing. It just sounds so goofy to me. So, you know, I just call them who they are. You know, I prefer doing it that way, and that's how I'm going to do it. So, um, anyway, they ran into the Fashion Police. That's another name for them, too. I mean, that name's that name works. It clicks. You know what I'm saying? It's... It's catchy, you know, so that that works. But anyway, um, they were also announced as the new as, as new draft picks. So um, yeah, and then uh, there was another backstage segment, which consisted of Natalia meeting up with Ronda Rousey, and it's also announced that Natalia was a new draft pick, you know, and. Um, Actually, she met up with Rousey and Angle backstage, you know. And honestly, I think that was a good pick. Like, like Natalia is a great pick for Monday Night Raw. It would be great to see her wrestle on Monday Night Raw. It would be great to see her win more matches 
you know than she has in like more recent years because like you know like some of the more recent years back like if you rewind back and look back like most of the matches that she was booked in like she lost you know what i'm saying and it was just like why like she's one of the most talented female wrestlers that you have on the roster so it's like why does she have to lose so much like you know it's time for her to start winning more matches that's what i would like to see i mean yeah i get it she's getting older i get it she's like 35 now possibly 36 i mean you know but it, it still doesn't mean that she's finished you know what i'm saying because she still performs very well in that ring i mean like regardless you know and uh at this point in time um I don't know, maybe it would be good for her to put over some younger talent at the same time. But I'm just saying, like, I think she deserves a little bit more respect, you know, as far as, like, wins and losses. Like, I think she should be able to win more matches. I'm not talking about every match that she gets in the ring, she should win every match. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that she should win more often, you know, win at least, win at least uh, 50-50. How about that? You know, can she win 50, lose 50? You know, that would be fair. That would be cool. I wouldn't have no problem with that. But if she wins, like if her win-loss ratio is more like, let's say, 10-90, like that's, that's a problem. It's like, come on, she shouldn't be losing that much. She shouldn't be losing 90% of her matches, you know? But anyway, let's move along here. All right, so then we had match number five, which consisted of Ember Moon and Mickey James. And, of course, uh, Ember Moon wins... So I guess Mickey James chose to put her over, or maybe Mickey James was told to put her over. Um, I don't know what the case may have been there, but at the same time, um, I felt it was kind of too easy of an effort for Ember. Like she didn't have to do much to go over Mickey in that match, and you know, and that's what I didn't really like about that one. Like I felt like it was just too easy for Ember. Like she should have. I felt like she had. She should have had to work harder you know, to score that win on, like, a legend like Mickey James. Like, Mickey James is a legend in the business, you know? Like, she is a multiple-time women's champion. She's been doing this for years. She's beat some of the very best in the business. She's been through, like, so many different wrestling organizations, many of the more famous wrestling organizations. She's been through TNA. She's been, you know, she's been successful there. She's been successful in WWE in the past. Even uh, I think she's been there back ever since they were like known as WWF still, if I'm not mistaken. But um, anyway, and then uh, we had Dolph Ziggler come out. He made his entrance, and um, you know he was introduced as the next draft pick for Monday Night Raw. And then he was just interrupted, you know, before he can, he can even get his whole promo completed. He was interrupted by you know Titus and Apollo Cruz and Dana Brooke, you know, aka Titus Worldwide. And then, um, you know, they tried to invite Dolph Ziggler to join the Titus Worldwide group. And Ziggler pretty much refused. And just out of nowhere came Drew McIntyre. And, you know, he proceeds to beat the crap out of Titus Worldwide. I mean, not Dana Brooke. She got she got out of Dodge. She got her ass out of there. I mean, excuse my French. But, you know, she got out of there. She was gone. But, you know, uh, you know Drew, Drew, Mac, Drew Galloway, I'm going to call him because that's that's what I know him better as, you know, because I saw more of his action. I saw more more of his matches, more of his work. Um, well, he was known as Drew Galloway, um, and I was very impressed, at, you know, to say the very least. So Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, whatever. I'm going to call him Drew Galloway. Um, yeah, you know, and then he came out, and he, he just beat the crap out of Titus Worldwide. And then uh, Dolph Ziggler joined in, of course. So I don't know. Maybe they're a tag team now, or I don't know what it is. Um, 
But if they're a tag team, then that's going to be a pretty tough one. You know, um, I don't know how they're going to click. You know, it could be interesting. Um, we'll just have to wait and see on that one because it kind of, they kind of left you guessing, you know. But anyway, and then we had after that, we had in, uh, another in-ring segment. You know, which consisted of a Roman Reigns promo, which I'm sure a lot of you did not like because a lot of people just don't like Roman Reigns for some reason or another. Um, like, I, you know, I can't really say he's my favorite, but I don't hate the guy either. You know what I'm saying? I think he's pretty damn good, to say the very least. You know, he does enough to where he's good enough. You know, is he the very best wrestler that they have on the roster? No, I'm not saying that. So don't try to twist my words into me saying that because I never said that. And I probably never will say that. But at the same time, the guy is good. He's good enough. You know, I think he's good enough to be established as an upper mid Carter, you know. But anyway, he was interrupted by Samoa Joe during his promo. And, you know, Samoa Joe, um, he's over with the crowd good enough at this point because they're cheering him every time his music hits. You know, all you hear is Joe, Joe, Joe when he comes out. So, you know, he's over with the crowd. He's getting over pretty well. And he can cut a promo in a half. You know, that, that's without a shadow of a doubt. He can cut a mean promo. You know, like he, he can shut anybody down on the microphone. Like, I don't care who it is. But anyway, like Samoa Joe, man, he's, he's no joke. He is the real deal. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm glad he's getting the respect that he deserves because he definitely deserves it, you know. And then, you know, Samoa Joe, he just kind of gamed Roman, you know, like he made like he was going to walk his way down there and challenge Roman and, you know, fight him and all that stuff. But then he just turned back and then he tried to play him again. And then he turned back again and then he said, nope. He said, we'll do it on my time, and it's going to be at Backlash. And then he made his way to the back, and that was the end of that. So then we went on to match six, which consisted of Natalia versus Amanda, a.k.a. Mandy Rose. I call her Amanda because that's who I knew her as from Tough Enough, and I'm still going to call her Amanda. And just another little note, uh, as far as, like, Velveteen Dream goes, I call him Patrick, Patrick Clark. You know, that's who he was on Tough Enough. In fact, he was on the same Tough Enough that Amanda was. So, I don't know. I mean, I might call him Velveteen. I don't know. I don't know about him. I might just call him Patrick. But if I call him Patrick, people aren't going to know who I'm talking about if I do. So, I don't know. I'll call him Patrick sometimes. I guess I'll call him, sometimes I'll call him Velve Velveteen Dream, you know, whatever. Anyway, this ain't about NXT. Let's talk about Raw. All right, so. Natalia wins the match via sharpshooter, but of course that didn't come without a price. You know, um, she got, you know, just demolished by uh, Sonya Deville and Amanda, you know, and they just beat the crap out of her until Ronda Rousey came out there, you know, and then you had the whole standoff with uh, Sonya Deville and Ronda Rousey, you know, the two MMA girls, you know, having a standoff, ready to go at it, and then like Ronda Rousey just charges her, you know, and just I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly the sequence of what happened, but, you know, because, you know, so many things happen in wrestling and I'm trying to keep up with everything that's go going on right now. So, um, yeah, I think it might have might have started with the uh, she took her down and started punching her or something. And then she just started punching her some more. Or it might have been the other way around. I actually I think it might have started with the strikes. Yeah, she, she got her with the strikes, kind of stunned her and she staggered back or something. And then Rhonda just proceeded to tackle her to the mat and give her some more, you know, and like. Yeah, it, it went something along those lines, you know. But anyway, um, then we had a promo segment, 
you know, which pretty much introduced Baron Corbin as the next draft pick to Monday Night Raw, you know, and um, he's honestly uh, not a, not a he's not the worst pick either. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a pretty good pick. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he's not the best. He's not the worst. You know what I'm saying? I've seen better than him. I've seen worse than him. So I can't really say he's the best or the worst. He's just somewhere in between, you know. But is he a good addition to Raw? Um, I think he could be. You know, if he if he could develop a little bit more, I think he could be a very good addition to Monday Night Raw. But, you know, um, with that being said, um, he has improved, I'd have to say, quite vastly since his days in NXT. Because his days in NXT, he was boring. You know, and that was back, you know, when I could call him boring Corbin. Because he didn't bring anything to the table, you know what I'm saying? But now, he's stepped up a bit, you know what I'm saying? At least on the microphone and in the ring. You know, he has done that much. And honestly, his merchandise, he does have some really good merchandise. You know, like like his stuff doesn't look bland like a lot of the other WWE shirts and stuff. Like his shirts look really good, really well designed. And it really looks like somebody put an effort into it to make it look neat. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody, you could tell that somebody put creativity into his T-shirt designs because he has some of the best, you know. And on top of that, they, you know, they actually got him like a theme like a better theme, a better entrance theme as well. Like they're really polishing him up to get him prepared for like a major push, from what I can see. And also, I hear that uh, Vince McMahon is pretty high on him. So, you know, with that being said, um, I think he's going to have big success in the future. You know, uh, I can definitely see that happening. You know, I mean, he definitely has what it takes. But uh, above and beyond that, let's do a little break here, and we'll come right back. Okay, ladies and gents, we are back from the break, and we will continue discussing Monday Night Raw, the April 16th, 2018 edition. Okay, so then we, we're going to pick up where we left off. We left off on the Baron Corbin as the new draft pick, or one of, you know, one of the new draft picks for Monday Night Raw. And now we're going to move on to match seven, which was after that, which consisted of Tyler Breeze and Fandango versus Sheamus and Cesaro. You know, and... uh let me see that match. Um, I was rooting for Sheamus and Cesaro, but unfortunately, they did not come out with the victory in that match, and that is fine and dandy because, um, you know, uh, Tyler Breeze he went over Cesaro um, with a roll-up pin after a slight distraction on the apron, I believe, and uh, I feel like that match it kind of you know Breeze and Fandango they won that match a little too easy because like Sheamus and Cesaro are not easy competition like those guys are tough like they, they are two of the toughest guys two of the strongest guys on the wwe roster and you know fandango or uh tyler breeze he just goes over cesaro like pretty much like there's nothing to it you know and that really just that was aggravating i did not like that at all you know speaking of which i'm just tired of talking about that match you know what i'm saying but anyway so let's move on and then we had a backstage segment, which consisted of Elias, or El Elias Sampson, which I still like to call him sometimes. Um, we had an Elias interview um, with Renee Young, and he shot, he pretty much, uh, he did a promo, uh, he cut a promo on Bobby Lashley, and then he started playing a song, and Renee Young just gets aggravated and just says, back to Michael, Michael Cole, back to you, or something, something of that nature, she said. But anyway... You know, it was a pretty short segment for Elias. Um, it would have been nice if he could have had a, um, you know, one of his standard 
uh, sessions where you we would come out and just like dump on the crowd and start playing a song and just dumping on them some more, you know, which was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool thing. He was another one of the wrestlers that uh, grew on me from NXT because like, you know, when he was in NXT, like, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't seem to be that appealing as as a wrestler to me. But when he came to the main roster, and you know, he was given more. I guess. I guess they gave him more creative freedom. I guess you know. But you know, like when, pretty much when he made it to the main roster, he just he stepped up. He started stepping up, and then he just started getting better and better and better. You know, until eventually he pretty much got uh, pretty well over with the crowd. I gotta say. I mean, but anyway, let's move along here because this episode is going on pretty long now. Um, all right, so now uh, then we had uh, match eight, which was the final match of the night, the main event. All right, so then we had the five-on-five match, the Miz-Taraj, which the Miz, the Miz Owens and Sami Zayn versus Strowman, Balor, Lashley, Rollins, and Rude. And Bobby Rude was announced as a new draft pick for Monday Night Raw, which is a good thing. All right, so then the match the match starts off with Owens and Rollins, you know, and. Um, then they go to a break. Then they come back from a break. And then it's suddenly uh, Rollins and Axel in the ring. You know, and then uh, Rollins tags in Rude. Rude tags in Balor. Then you have Balor, who does a drop kick. Axel tags in Owens. Owens tags in Bo. Bo tags in Miz. Balor jumped in the corner by, um, you know, the Miz's boys. Uh... Then Miz dominates the exchanges. Miz tags in Zane. Balor tags in Lashley. Lashley dominates. Dominates Zane with a strong offense. You know, uh, and then the Miz, uh, let me see, uh, let me see, Lashley. Didn't Lashley toss, uh, Zane into, like, didn't he toss him into Miz's whole crew, I believe? Like, I can't remember everything, like, exactly the way it happened. But I'm trying to, so if I screwed up, correct me. Feel free to do that. I will make mistakes. I'm not Mr. Perfect. Okay. Anyway. Then they went to a commercial break after the team was taken out. Then they came back from the break. And then again, it was uh, Owens dominating Seth Rollins. And then Owens tagged in the Miz. Miz dominated the exchanges. Miz mocked Daniel Bryan. Um, Rollins made a comeback. Miz tagged in Axel. Rollins tagged in Rude. Rude dominated Axel with a strong offense. Axel tagged in the Miz. Bobby Rude dominated the Miz. Bobby Rude tagged in Strowman to a huge crowd pop. Um, Strowman dominated Miz after a brief chase around the ring. You know, and then everyone starts pulling off their signatures and finishers. You know, then Strowman, uh, he just drops Miz with a huge drop kick, man. A huge drop kick, I'm telling you. You got to see that drop kick if you ain't seen it. I'm telling you. But anyway, the Miz tries to tag in Axel and then Bo. And as he tried to tag in Curtis Axel, Axel just like stepped off the apron like, screw you, you're on your own. Then Miz turns to Bo Dallas and then Bo Dallas, you know, pretty much steps off the apron. Screw you. You know, and then they just start making their way to the back. And then the Miz is looking like, what is going on here? He was just like lost for words because his boys walked out on him, you know. And then like Strowman continued the attack and then he finished Miz with the three count for the three count, you know. And uh, that was pretty much the end of the show right there. 
you know um pretty good raw all in all i can't say it was awful i can't say it was the best um what would i rate that episode of raw um i would have to say for the um for the effort i would give it a strong six you know a 6.25 a six and a quarter you know not bad not bad at all but um it's a lot higher than a lot of other people would have rated it because a lot of other uh, wrestling fans, you know, they, they literally complain about everything. You know, they'll sit there and pick the whole show apart and say this sucked, that sucked, everything sucked, and and it's like, all right, fine, have, you know, that you're free, you're free to say that, but you know, I mean, I at least try to find some good in the show. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was a crappy episode, you know, I at least try to find something good you know at least one or two good matches or one or two good moments something you know something anyway ladies and gentlemen this episode has gone on long enough um you can join me for the next episode which will be the smackdown review or you know pretty much yeah pretty much the uh smackdown review from um april 17th 2018 and we will be getting on to that episode pretty soon so um you can definitely look forward to seeing it soon I'm definitely looking forward to looking forward to seeing you guys soon because, uh, you know, I got to get things going here. Um, I don't know what else to say besides I'll see you on the next episode and you guys be safe out there. Uh, comment, rate, subscribe, donate if you feel the need. Um, you know, just keep in touch. Let me know. Do whatever you need to do. But anyway, guys, I'm gonna get moving. You guys have a great one. Keep in touch. Keep listening. I'll keep on pumping out this material. And we can keep this show growing. All right, ladies and gents, you guys have a great one. Take care of yourselves. I'm out of here.